Welcome to the When Wit Happens podcast. This is a podcast that helps you find ways to celebrate and live your best life even when stuff happens. Now, here's your host, Wit West. So welcome back to When Wit Happens. And today I have a guest joining me to talk to you guys about a few things. So I'm going to have her introduce herself right now. Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me. I am Cicely Renee, a.k.a. The Bougie Black Blogger, and I have a lifestyle blog talking about positivity and black businesses and all that good stuff. I'm a full-time teacher, I'm living out in Dallas. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your blog. So you're a teacher, but you have this thriving blog. Um, how long have you been doing it? Thank you. Um, so in September, it'll be my third blog anniversary, And it started off, it used to be called Thriving After Divorce. Thriving After Divorce. And then I changed the name because I didn't really want to focus too much on that anymore um, because I felt like I was thriving. And so now taking off the blog, I mostly talk about like self-care, self-love, business tips. I do a lot of like shouting out of different businesses, reviews, books. Um, over the past year, unfortunately, I hadn't been able to write as much. Mm-hmm. My full-time teaching schedule and chaotic life. But it was crazy because I look at the stats and I wrote almost every day when I first started and got like 20 views. And now it's like I, I barely write and there's lot of views on my site and I'm like this is nice <laughs> yeah I think that's kind of like the trend like a lot of us who started years ago blogging we're not writing as much right. um, we're doing like a lot of other stuff focusing on social resharing our stuff that we wrote so many years ago because we have a lot of content out there and I think it's getting a lot of views it just seems like it's kind of like a shift in the blogosphere yeah. <laughs> going on right now So it's interesting that you noted that your blog started off about your divorce because that's kind of what we're talking about today is thriving after your divorce. So as my listeners know, I talk about things on here that have to do with living your best life even when life happens. So moving past those events, getting through those. And so I know a lot of people have issues dealing with the end of relationships, whether those be friendships, regular boyfriend-girlfriend relationships, or marriages. So I thought you would be a great person to bring on to discuss the topic of healing and thriving after divorce. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Relationships are, it's a struggle out there. And like you said, with friends, with family, all of that, Yeah, it can be hard. So what was the first thing that you felt like you needed to do for yourself after your divorce to begin the thriving process and the healing process? All right. So the first couple of weeks after I left my marriage, I, um, you know, I had to be around family. I stayed with my mom for a couple of weeks until I was able to move into my own apartment. And that was a big struggle for me because I wasn't able to really feel my emotions. I really wanted my privacy. Like I didn't want to be around anybody. And then being with my mom all the time, it was just like, 
I didn't get a chance to like, you know, grieve the way I wanted to grieve. And you know how parents are, they, they're looking out for you, your best interest, but yeah. sometimes they don't know exactly what you need. Um, but once I was out in my own apartment, I started doing a lot of self-healing. I would do a lot of writing. I would do, you know, I made my house peaceful. Like I wanted this apartment where it just made me feel, you know, comfortable to come home. I love my furniture and just being able to cook. So I started cooking and just kind of doing things that I love to do. Cause I know in my marriage, I kind of changed a lot to suit, you know, my ex-husband because that's what you do. Like you have to change, you have to, you know, compromise a bit. And so I ended up doing things that I really wanted to do without anybody's permission. Um, <laughs> the first thing that I did, I um, cut my hair off. I had locks for like seven years. And in my marriage, I told him I wanted to cut my hair. But he was like, no, like he was a little more controlling. And he was like, no, you better not. Or, you know, I like women with long hair and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And so I felt like, you know, once I was away, I was like, I'm going to do what I want to do and cut my hair. And it was like a fresh start. I felt like my hair had a lot of like negativity in it. And then in my marriage, like there was a lot of things that I dealt with where I was like, oh my gosh, is something wrong with me? You know? And so the second thing I did, which was, I don't know, I think it was okay. I don't regret it or anything like that, but I hopped into a relationship with a guy that I was seeing right before my ex-husband. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so it was fun. We traveled around the United States, you know, different places and just lived life. Like we, we just had so much fun and that was healing for me as well. But my main source of healing came from my blogging and just getting my truth out there, letting things come out you know, vocally. And I didn't really share it with my friends and family because you know how they are, mm -hmm. you know, they, people are either nosy or they want to say something, give you all kinds of advice, but you know, they don't really have the best advice because they aren't going through the same exact situation. Right. But yeah, so those are my top three things that I did to jumpstart my thriving after divorce, just kind of just doing what I wanted to do um, without people's opinions or comments or people trying to tell me what to do. Okay, so you said a couple things there that I kind of want to talk about. So do you feel like, in a way, lost yourself in that relationship and you were kind of, you kind of had to rediscover yourself afterwards? Oh, yes. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, I did lose myself. I married a minister. And so... With that being said, like I was in the church all the time and I was missing out on my family. And at the time we were like working on finances and stuff like that. So we were like trying to make sure we didn't spend money or do anything. And I just, you know, stopped doing the things that I wanted to do, especially in that first year and a half. I was doing a lot to please him. And just once we got married, everything just went crazy. It did not work out as planned. And so that year, that first year and a half, I was doing a lot to, you know, try and make the marriage work. And so that just meant, you know, losing myself to please this man and then be a minister's wife and smile in people's faces when at home I was, you know, angry and 
you know, mad and just going through a lot. And then eventually, like, the last year of my marriage, I ended up just doing me, like, because I wanted to do stuff. I wanted to travel. I wanted to have events and stuff and go places. So I started doing those things. And he noticed that I was doing (laughs) me. And so (laughs) things started changing a little bit. But in the beginning, he broke the trust. So it was hard to get that trust back. So I was just, you know, I think he started not trusting me, but I was, you know, I was fine. I wasn't doing anything crazy, but I started living my life that last year. And then I'm a spiritual person. um, And I get a lot of messages uh, through my dreams. So that last year of my marriage, I had seven dreams that spoke about our relationship, how he felt about me and things that he was dealing with. And so I came to peace, like, once it was, like, closer to the end, and when he was like, I want a divorce, I was like, all right, let's do this, and so I didn't have any bitter feelings um, until after the <laughs> left, just because some things that happened after that, um, but I was so ready to go. I was like, I'm better than this. Like, I got so much going on for myself, like, dude, and so, Yeah. So before that point, did you, had you already hit a point where you kind of knew that it was going to end? Did you have any fear about ending it? Like what people would think or anything like that? Or were you just kind of at, got to a point where you were just done? You know, I could feel things changing. And I remember telling my aunt, I think it was like December 8th, I texted her, I said, yeah, I believe my marriage is over. And with those dreams, it just helped. I think God was just showing me you know, warning before destruction, you know? And so I was at peace because I was like, there's so much happening in the world that Mm -hmm. I want to go and explore and enjoy. I I mean, it sucked because I didn't think I was going to be dating again or, you know, I had plans, you know, marriage and kids and starting a legacy and just building things together. And that's the part where I I get the saddest the most because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I had dreams of something, you know, certain things at a certain time. And then those dreams were cut short, but I'm not thinking that those dreams won't ever happen. It just won't be (laughs) the way I thought it was going to (laughs) look. Yeah. Isn't that how stuff happens all the time? You picture something and then the way it comes is completely different, but it, it seems to always work out pretty good. I think so. Yeah. So with that, how did you end up in Dallas? Oh yeah. So <laughs> so that, so I after my divorce I stayed in Minnesota for 1 year and that year I did a lot of like what do I want to do trying to figure out you know where I wanted to go. I knew I didn't want to stay in Minnesota so I was trying to figure out you know what the next steps were and I knew I wanted to move and so the guy that I jumped into a relationship with I actually signed a lease with him in Atlanta. Hmm. I know it just, it it was so weird, but um, I believe God was like, "Uh, no, ma'am, you, you tripping. I'm (laughs) I'm back to the reality. So eventually me and him, uh, we broke up. And then, um, so I had talked to my auntie Tina, which is a family friend of ours. And I asked her, I was like, could I come down? And she said, yeah, you can stay with me. And so you get on your feet. So I was able to move to Dallas area without a job, had a couple, a few grand 
you know, saved, not a whole bunch, but, mm-hmm. um, and then I was able to kind of like test the waters and see what I wanted to do career wise, because I was like, I might as well reinvent myself. You know, um, this is a perfect time of starting over. But yeah, so that's how I got to Dallas. I was going to either go to Atlanta or Dallas. Mm-hmm. And Dallas ended yeah. up winning. <laughs> yeah. So how do you like it in Dallas? I like it a lot. I do. It's just my biggest thing. I come from Minneapolis and everything's like a 20 minute drive everywhere mm-hmm. you go unless you live super far in the suburbs. And so I get to Dallas and everything's like 45 minutes and then the drivers are crazy and I have this little tiny car that doesn't pick up right away. And <laughs> these drivers, these people are crazy out here. Um, I haven't really experienced any like racial issues, which is good because I, I mean, I've seen stuff that has happened in Dallas area. So I thank God for that. I've been able to do and meet like lots of cool bloggers and kind of start a few things in the beginning. But um, once I started teaching, I just kind of like got in a little bubble, like a little shell and kind of like hid from the world. So this year I plan to get back out there in the Dallas realm. Um, And the blogging, like the people have connected me with as a Dallas blogger. So I, I get lots of like uh, invitations um, to go cover events or, you know, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Dallas seems to be a pretty popping scene for like the bloggers and the YouTubers. There's like a concentration of people there. So it's kind of like a good spot for what you're doing. Right. Um, with that, so another question from what you were saying before. So you said you initially started your blog and you kind of went there to talk about things you couldn't necessarily talk to people about. And I feel like maybe a lot of us bloggers originally were a lot more free in that kind of way with what we wrote when we originally started. Do you feel like you're still able to share at that level of transparency or do you feel yourself kind of not sharing as much anymore? Yes, I don't share as much anymore. Probably if it's specifically to like the the divorce, my marriage and stuff, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm at a place where I'm like, okay, I've hit a point where I'm good and I can move forward, move on. And so now most of my stuff talks about single life and, you know, Mm -hmm. so it was like a a chapter that I had to explore and that was through writing. So now I'm at a different chapter. So I do feel like I'm, I don't talk much about my divorce unless it's like, Oh, I really don't talk much about it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. Cause I don't even know how I've, found out you were divorced but it's not like it's a you know premier fact of like who you who you are and it's not a defining part of you and I think that's kind of the point that people need to get to in those moments is that it's not who you are it's just something that you went through right exactly I know I went through some program or I read a book or something and they're like you are not a divorcee you you have been divorced you're not that you're not single you are just this person and you have a state that you're going through. So it's not like that's who you are. Mm-hmm. It's something that you experience. Yeah. So how has dating been as a divorcee? Do you feel like it's different? At what point does that kind of topic come up when you're dating? 
Yes. I let people know up front that uh, if I do start dating them, I, I let them know I'm divorced. No kids. Uh, and people like to know why I got divorced. And I am very open and pretty honest about that. So that's cool. The dating scene, though, I haven't really... I mean, I've been on dating app after app, and it's mm-hmm. getting really not the best pick of the litter. And I'm just like, what's <laughs> going on? And so I would talk to someone, and it seems like it's going great. And then all of a sudden, they let me know that they're staying in a shelter right now. And I'm like, what is happening? And then like, I get someone who says they have a child, but then all of a sudden they have five children. Mm. And then they show up with no teeth in their mouth. And I'm just like, no wonder you aren't smiling. So then it's like, I'm like seeing things. I'm like asking questions right away. I don't know. I do not like dating at all. And I know a lot of people are like, you should really go out and enjoy yourself. I'm not the person. So if I don't like a guy, I'm not the person. Like, I wouldn't say this is not going to work. I have a hard time breaking hearts I guess because I hate <laughs> I hate my heart being broken uh-huh. I feel like everybody is, feels the same way which is not fun I've been in a situationship uh-huh. <laughs> for about a year and a half and uh, I have no idea and I'm not waiting for him and if some I, I believe he knows that if I meet someone I'm disappearing like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um yeah I've just been grinding hard and and my I have like a side business and so a lot of guys like to just text 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 or play waste your time and I'm like I don't have time I had to like let this guy go because I met he seemed really cool and I was the one that asked him out a few times I was like okay would you you want to go meet me at the mall? We lived across the street from each other. Mm. He was like, oh, he kept giving me the runaround. And I was like, well, I'm leaving now. He's like, oh, okay, I'm j- I am just got out the shower. I'm like, you didn't want to come. You just, you should have said something. Yeah. And so that happened. And then um, I was like, let's see how this goes. So I, we were texting more and more, uh, hardly ever talking on the phone. And then. So we ended up accidentally running into each other for the first time in person at Walmart because it's across the street. We live right next to it. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was like, oh, my gosh, you're so cute, this, that, and the other. And I can't wait to see you again. And so then another week goes by. And I'm just like, mm. so then I text him. I was like, oh, do you want to go walk the trail before you go to work? Which And he didn't go to work till like, 1 p.m. He's like, oh, not today. I have, you know, some errands. And I'm just like. You're not making plans. You're not, you're rejecting my plans. And all you do is text. You're wasting my time. So I have to go. Right. So I try. I try. And it sucks. Cause I'm a good, I'm a good person and I have a lot of fun. And I'm just like, I don't want to waste time. Yeah. The dating scene is kind of rough. It seems like out here in these streets, especially like with online dating, meeting people in person seems to be harder and harder. Like you said, a lot of people like to text. And so I feel like sometimes that art of in-person conversation goes away, right. which you're more than likely when you meet the people who talk on the phone, those are also the people who are good in person because they know how to like hold conversations. So I feel like people aren't really approaching people in person. So you're kind of forced online sometimes. And right. if you're like us and you're in new areas where you didn't grow up or you don't know as well. Sometimes it's just kind of easier to get online. And 
it kind of helps you discern some things and pull things out. Like, okay, I know I don't like this or I know I don't like this, but sometimes I even feel like I'm being super judgy or not judgy, but like picky. But I guess you have to be because you have to get something that you want and someone that you like and someone that's gonna, you know, do it for you. So it's like, it's okay to be picky and, you know, choose someone that you actually like, not just to be with somebody. Right. So are there things that you've definitely picked out from your last relationship, your marriage that you kind of like see in people that you're dating or meeting and you're like, okay, yeah, no, I can't date them. Yep. One, I found out like yesterday. No, <laughs> I'm not going to say it's number one, but it's this one that just popped up right away. Um, but <laughs> I really don't want to date a super saved person, like someone who spends all their time in the church, Bible thumps, you Mm -hmm. know, has so many strong opinions about, you know, certain things that are happening where they're not open enough to like have a real cool conversation and, you know, be open to, you know, testing the waters or seeing what's out there and, so that whole super save, like I, I was married to a minister and I was in the church all day, every day. And it just, and then there was a lot of issues that happened and a lot of things that came out the closet with not just him, but a whole bunch of other people in the church. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm okay with that. So that, <laughs> that's one of those. Um, another one is I need a, a family oriented person. So I need someone who loves to be around family or wants a family, someone who, you know, thrives on good relationships. Um, My last relationship or marriage, he didn't really have a good relationship with his mother, his father, his Mm. family. And it just sucked because I had a really good relationship with my family. And so I would invite him to events and stuff, but he didn't want to go. And so I was continuously making up, you know, excuses of why my husband's not with me at these events. That was another thing. And I, I mean, I'm not sure how I would know this right away, but later on in the, you know, in a relationship, I would definitely want my person to be a huge cheerleader for me or, you know, someone who is rooting for me and proud of me um, and not like trying to hide me from the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's something. I think of all them. I have a lot of red flags. <laughs> I do. Someone, I don't like people who are truly stuck on social media, like a man. I mean, unless you got business, like that's fine. But right. if you're kicking it, like wasting time on it, and you can be productive doing something else, or we haven't talked in a while, then I'm going to need him to not be so consumed, you know? So do you think that like with the social media thing, like and guys being on social media, like, do you think that that's a issue? Like some people don't like to follow their significant others on social media because they don't want to like start drama or would you just rather somebody who's just like not really on social media? I prefer someone who's not really on social media or like, so my situationship, like he's hardly on Facebook, like he's on there, but he's not, um, which is cool. Like he plays games. He's a gamer. I like nerds. I love black nerds. So that's fine. But uh, I do feel like social media has opened many horrible doors and 
I'm one from experience. Like I know from experience in my marriage that social media and access to the internet and all that stuff is Mm -hmm. can really do some damage in a relationship. And so, you know how people say social media doesn't ruin relationships, you know, the people do, which is, I think it's true. So like, I feel like if the man is happy and content with his relationship, he wouldn't allow the social media to mess that up. Right. So it's not like social media is the culprit. It's just, it's just the door. And so they can choose to open it or not. So yeah. It's really tempting, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're on it all the time and you're looking at it all the time, then have more of a chance of seeing things that you shouldn't be getting into. Right. So that makes, that makes sense. And, but along that vein, you know, like you said, if somebody has a business and you have a business and so you're on social media a lot, like, is there a certain point that you share that part of your life with someone that you're dating? And do you think, you know, if, if you're going out with them and you tell them about that part of your life, like at what point would you expect them to like start reading your blog or, taking an interest in the things that you post. Yeah. So hopefully I've played around with that, you know, seeing if I let them know right up front about like my life on social media and my links and all that stuff. And then I've waited a long time. So (laughs) I get, it's so weird. And you guys have to be careful with your personal number being connected to everything, like Mm -hmm. all the social media apps, because you will find someone and they will find you on every social media and follow you, which is crazy to me. And I've had that happen like a good four times. And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, first of all, I didn't say you can follow me on Snapchat or, you know, there's some something I I deleted the app like years ago. And all of a sudden I'm getting messages from this guy on it. And I was like, what? world do not the same thing happened to me with like one of those video chat apps somebody like added me and I was like I don't even have this app anymore and then the thing that gets it is like how tinder and like all of them are connected through your facebook because they I guess they want to be your real people so then like those random people you see sometimes will show up in your like your facebook suggestions or whatever and I'm like this is just not cool it's really weird and it's really creepy very unsafe and so I've been working on not blasting where I am all the time <laughs> or blasted, but after the fact. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so, but then I would wait a while. So I like to tell people up front most of the time, just in case I don't really care for them. I can tell them, oh, I'm busy or I'm writing a blog or I'm doing <laughs> this, you know, and kind of be like, kind of push them off. I know that's a cowardly way out, but I don't like telling someone I don't like you and I need you to quit calling me and I'm very bad at that and that's that's something I'm gonna work on yeah that's because you're a nice person but you know you have to like you know I feel like a lot of guys are like that too like they don't want to be the the bad guy and like tell somebody that they're not interested but like just go ahead and end it if you go ahead and just say you know this isn't working out but you know on the other side of that, as a woman, telling guys that, you sometimes get the worst reactions from them. Yeah. And so I can see how, as a woman, that would kind of deter you because they some men say some awful things to they you. Do. 
when you tell them that you're not interested sometimes. But I don't know if it's the rejection of it all, but I think there's just a lot of issues tied up in it. So sometimes it it seems like it's a little emotionally easier to ghost um, than it is to tell them. But I guess you just kind of have to play it by ear, like see if this person seems sane enough for me to just kind of tell them that it's a wrap or if they're going to explode, like then just right. disappear. But I, so I feel you, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's like all kind of different stuff. Yes. And you know, these people are crazy these days, people will come up and kill you because you mm-hmm. look at them wrong or something. So I'm like, better safe than sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. So what do you think the direction of bougie black blogger will be for like the next year? So I am working on doing more events. So I'm working with this guy here in Dallas and we're going to start hosting, co-hosting series of events. Like I did one in Minnesota called cocktails and conversations and it was amazing. I was like, I need to do this more. So I'm working on events as well as workshops and seminars. So I love So I'm a teacher and I love educating. I love helping people be their best selves. So I do want to, the job that I had before I moved to Minnesota, I was doing workshops and teaching people how to start their own businesses and stuff. And I loved it. And people got so much out of it. And I was like, I really need to get back into this speaking. So that's pretty much where it's going. Lots of, you know, in-person events, even online as well. But I want to I want to connect more with people rather than just writing and feeling like it's one way street. But yeah. Yeah, I feel like I want to do more events, too. But like just moving here, I'm like, I don't know um, what to do. And like, again, I haven't been writing as much. But, you know, I should just, you know, look at doing something. I'm focusing a lot on the podcast right now. So maybe I should do something in that vein. You know, if you want to come to New Orleans and do an event with me, you know, feel free. You know, I'm open. (laughs) I miss New Orleans too, because I'm like, I'm so mad I missed the Essence Festival. And (sighs) yeah, you know. It's all right. You know, I'm here. You have a place, you know, to stay (laughs) if you want to come visit. And, you know, we can do some some great things. So do you have any uh, events that you have planned coming up that you can tell people about? Not yet. So it's in the works. I'm still working with, like, a few partners. So, like, the plan is to have one in September um, called Cocktails and Conversations. And the title basically is, like, it's men and women um, can come out. And it's reality versus real life versus reality and just kind of having a conversation in all areas of life and how reality TV shows affect our real lives and like Mm. finances or career or family, all that good stuff. So that was the plan for the first event in September. So I'm supposed to be reaching out to this woman who has this amazing youth nonprofit business and I'm, I want to partner with her. So hopefully that works out. That'll be nice. Like a lot of people, and the reality of reality TV, even with the whole thing of social media, like people are following these people who were regular people's lives and like trying to emulate those things so they can get picked up for a show. It's just right. like a whole crazy cycle of like what's real and, and what's fake. Right. And how to just try and see that because I feel like they're doing a disservice to 
a lot of people, but however, the people who are changing and falling for it are doing a disservice to themselves as well and not keeping it real. Yeah, I kind of feel for like people who are growing up in this because I don't think they know a difference. Like the people who, you know, grew up when their reality TV wasn't as prevalent and then you see the difference. Like, although some of us have gotten soaked into what is now the new reality of reality TV and the social media, like you at least have a point of reference for something different. But when you don't have that point of reference, it's like interesting watching as I think our generation is kind of a cross-sectional of a generation. Um, I know we're tied into millennials and zennials, like all the 80s. The 80s, I feel like it's a whole different thing because, yeah. you know, we grew up with Dewey Decimal and all that kind of stuff, but we're oh, still yeah. very tech savvy. So I mm-hmm. think we have an interesting perspective to see like the older generations going out and then this new technology generation that's coming up that has never that we've never seen anything like it before right to see how they're growing up and how they adapt to things because they have access to so much information and so many things and so much knowledge but it's like it's odd how they get it because they don't have the context for any of it right because you know you can see you can know who Michael Jackson is but you didn't experience Michael Jackson right. <laughs> you know who a world leader is but you don't know like the background history so you might just throw their name out but just don't really know it's like right. the oddest thing but yeah so I that would be like an amazing conversation to have with people and I hope you get a, like a good amount of gentlemen there too because I yes. think they don't come out to these events like they should like it's always like heavy on the women so fellas if you are listening and you want to meet a lady, you should go to some of these types of events because Definitely. Are, the women are at these natural hair events, these blogging events. Just go out. You have a good time and give that male perspective in the room. Nobody's going to be upset with you if you negotiate right. your perspective. Unless your ego is not in check. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, don't come in there hotepping, I guess. Right. Um, so thank you for joining me. I want you to tell everybody where they can follow you on social media and where they can check you out on the blog. Sounds good. You guys can follow me at www.bougieblackblogger.com. And that's B-O-U-G-I-E. That's right. Um, <laughs> yes, that's the way you spell it. No. <laughs> and then the same on Instagram, my then you can follow, find me on Twitter on Bougie Black Blogger or it's Cicely Renee, either one of those two. And then my Facebook fan page. But yeah, mostly I'm on Instagram most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where everybody is nowadays. I love Instagram. Yeah, so definitely you guys check her out. Um, thank you for joining again. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Haven't told my story in a while. (laughs) I know, right? So, you know, I couldn't leave you without doing a little adventure in ridiculosity. And our guest, Cicely Renee, is joining us for this topic. And we're going to be talking about the Level Up Challenge on a couple of different levels. So, you know, we've had a lot of dance challenges this summer And Sierra kicked her hat into the bucket and said, okay, I have this new song, Level Up. Let's do the Level Up Challenge. 
on one hand, we know Sierra is an amazing dancer. So is everybody going to be able to do this choreography? And <laughs> she caused a lot of uproar on social media when initially she made a comment about leveling up in your relationships and who you're choosing and all that kind of stuff. So we wanted to talk about the level up challenge in those areas. So um, Cicely, what do you think about the level up challenge? I actually like it. And I feel like when she first started talking about it, I don't feel like she was trying to throw any type of shade or anything like that or make herself seem like she was better for whatever she's doing. But I mean, like, if you know you're doing better than you were before, you are, you've already leveled up. So you can yes. either tell people or show people. And then, you know, you're being an encouragement to other people. So, if, I mean, either, you know, by actions or verbally. And so she chose to say it verbally. But we also see it, you know, visually with all her amazing, like, photos and things that she's doing with her husband and how they're working together and just being a really amazing power couple that, you know, many of us can look up to. Yeah, I definitely think uh, people just seem to like to hate on Sierra. Like, I've always been team Sierra. I wonder why she was with Future, but I'm like, girl, if you happy, you happy, you know, and then when it fell apart, you know, whatever, you know, I like Sierra. I like to see women, you know, happy and thriving. So when she did level up and got her over Russell Wilson, even though people about to call him corny and say all of these crazy things, that man is not corny. Right. This is what we're thinking corny men are. It's time me up for one. Okay. Because I don't have time (laughs) for these non corny dudes then because, Russell is doing right by Sierra and she realizes that she made some decisions that probably weren't in her best interest. You know, although she got her son from the relationship with future and I'm sure she wouldn't change anything about that, but she just knows that she had to do better for herself and for her family. And that's fine. I don't know if that was just like really a case of hit dogs hollering or people just yeah. wanted to be mad at Sierra to be mad at Sierra. Both. All of the above. All of the above. Yeah. Do you like the song? I actually do. Like, so I went to Charleston and I've been practicing this challenge. And it's so like, the song is cool. Like the lyrics aren't really impressive, but I like the beat and stuff, you know? And so, I mean, (laughs) level up, level up. She ain't really saying much, but I like the song. But then her husband you know, comes out and says, you know, talks about the level up challenge and how you gonna level up this year in life. But yeah, I'm not a good dancer. And I've been trying and I've been wanting to record myself doing this dance for like the last five days. But I'm like, so not confident because I have no rhythm. And I just it sucks because I really want to do the challenge. Yeah, that's what I was like, when I saw her First, I saw the video. I was like, okay, this is a dance type song. And, you know, it comes from like club music, the beat. And I was like, oh, this beat is really hot. Yeah. Um, but the lyrics like left a lot to be desired. Honestly, yeah. truly, I kind of cringed when she was like, yummy, all in this tongue. I was just like, I know. You I was didn't like, hear that? That, didn't, that sounded okay. That sounded good to everybody listening before y'all. <laughs> This was okay. Okay. All right. I guess maybe it'll grow in you. And I mean, I'm used to it now, so I don't like cringe when I hear it, but I'm still like, really, is that, is that where we were going with this lyric? But yeah, you know, it sounds good. It's a good dance song, but I'm just like, everybody can't hit them beats like Sierra. Like the best right. ones I've seen are people who are like dancers 
doing the challenge. Regular people, I mean, I've seen some good regular people ones, but like <laughs> not as many right. <laughs> um, because it's like hard choreography, I feel like, to hit. And as a regular person, I don't want to, in the day and age of the viral video, like put out a video and I think I'm doing my best and <laughs> I'm about to be a meme for the next right. month. I don't have time for that. That's so funny. I do that not. would be embarrassing. <laughs> oh my gosh! You don't talk. I don't even know how I would flip that to like to like make it positive for me. Like I right. just really have no idea. I feel like I would just bury my head in the sand and like make all my social media like private or something. <laughs> like it would all go down. Like right she's off Facebook. <laughs> she's off everything. My phone number has changed, like, everything. Like, I just don't know how I would deal with being, like, a negative meme. You know, and I probably would twist it. I'd probably continue to do all the dances and just own it. Because I already know I can't dance, but I <laughs> like to dance. And so I'm like, okay, sure. You want to talk about me? I'm going to just keep doing it. And I'm going to need y'all to keep, you know, making me famous, you know. <laughs> even though, you know how they say all press is good press, even mm-hmm. if it's bad. Yeah, but yeah. That would be fine and all, but I feel like somebody at my job would see it and I'd be like, (laughs) so what had happened was is, I don't know, don't look at me crazy. Right. And then they find everything else, you know, while I'm walking around the office, like, what is a Facebook? What is a, I don't have those things. (laughs) Because what? I don't understand. So then you see how much I really am on social media. (laughs) And then you like, I thought you didn't have, look here. I don't follow people at work. And now y'all all all in my business and I feel, I feel a ways. Right. That's funny. And they will find you online too. I'm like the way black Twitter is set up and all that stuff. They will find you in a heartbeat and find out where you live, where you work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna need y'all not to. To do all that. (laughs) Right. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, thank you for joining me for Adventures and Ridiculosity as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. So tell the people one more time how they can find you on social media. Yes, you guys can find me on my website, which is www.bougieblackblogger.com. And then Instagram, Bougie Black Blogger, and Twitter, Bougie Black Blogger. So yeah, follow me. I usually follow back as long as you don't sell bundles. I'm good to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah. No, that's everybody nowadays. But <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for listening to When Wit Happens. You can find Wit living her best life at withappen6.com and at withappen6 on social media. Subscribe and follow for updates. Until next time, keep living your best life.